I have a longtime client who endlessly inspires me. He has definitely inspired this, this uh, article today. And although this article is specifically for couples, I think it would be helpful to all of us. I know it's been helpful to me. I'll call my client D. He's in his 70s, and although I'm his coach very often, he is my teacher. In the time I've been working with him, I've seen him transform his marriage from good, even great, to extraordinary. While so many couples in his life stage take marriages for granted, slowly but surely, settling into a depressing acceptance of what is, Dee has done the work to create what I call his second marriage with his first spouse. After spending decades in the provider role, he has tasked himself with and learned the skills necessary to cultivate a truly connected, authentic, and powerful relationship with his spouse. His marriage is not suddenly perfect, but his commitment to it, to its vitality, its expansion and joyfulness is really remarkable and so inspiring to me. In his 70s, he is experiencing a marriage most people only dream of at a younger age. Coaching prioritizes action over talk, distinguishing it from other modalities. This is why I'm always looking for ways to operationalize concepts, moving them from the abstract to the practical. In service of this goal, I one day asked Dee to tell me how he created a successful relationship where many others have failed. Here today for you and for myself, I've summed up his responses into what I call Dee's manual for making your marriage awesome. Here it is. Number one, be present. Actually, totally present. I started working with Dee after he retired professionally. I remember how difficult it was for him to be where he was, suddenly at home with his wife, who he adores, but seemingly constantly together. He was physically present, but his mind was often elsewhere. Number two, allow space. Like many of us, he has uh, he's had to develop the skill and practice to adjust to the sudden increase in shared space, regardless of the size of his home. We often assume that this skill will come naturally to us, but it doesn't. He put in the effort to improve the skill set. Number three, listen profoundly and well. Listen to understand rather than to win. Like most clients, Dee is by nature a high achiever. The dark side of this type of personality is an attachment to winning at all costs. When we listen to win, we don't truly listen to understand what is being shared. Over time, he has cultivated an entirely new way of listening and in the process turned difficult conversations into impactful ones. Number four, become a better person. I'll steer clear of this one because I thought he was a great human being right from the outset. I believe that achieving higher levels of consciousness allows all of us to feel better about who we are and how we show up in the world. D is fulfilling his potential, which looks like becoming a better person. And don't forget, all of these come from D, not from me. Um, so becoming a better, I became a better person is what he said to me. Number five, care, actually, and for real. So many of us perform care. Dee was always a profoundly caring person, but he has cultivated his ability to be more vulnerable, which allows him to prioritize creating connections 
so that his partner sees and feels the depth of his care doesn't just doesn't just hear it from him in words but sees and feels it that's what vulnerability does for all of us but not if we're performing it number six don't take things personally this life principle is so essential that is the first agreement in Don Miguel Ruiz, as his ex, uh, very acclaimed book, um, very well-known book, The Four Agreements. And it's much easier to practice when we commit to the more profound work of assuming radical responsibility. By the way, this particular article has a lot of hyperlinks, for example, to radical responsibility and where you can find the four agreements. Um, and an article I wrote about having your uh, second marriage with your first spouse. So uh, feel free to go to the written version of, it, version of uh, this blog for, for those hyperlinks. Number seven, give encouragement. So often we think and believe positive things about another, but we don't say them. Deep practices, sharing every good thought about his partner, and will actually go the extra mile to create positive thoughts on purpose. Number eight, be generous with compliments. Well, just see number seven for that one. Number nine, cultivate patience. Uh, here, I admit that I've learned more from him than he has from me. Number 10, be in service instead of people pleasing. This is arguably the most destructive pattern, I'm talking about people pleasing, that he has abandoned over time. People pleasing is just lying, dressed up as kindness. Over time, it creates the kind of resentment that unravels relationships. Dee has learned to choose authentic kindness over niceness, bringing him closer to his partner and others he holds dear. Number 11. Grow your own emotional maturity instead of focusing on your partners. Amen. And not just in marriages, I say. Number 12, show radical appreciation. Cultivate a behavioral instinct towards appreciation. These were exa his exact words to me. Care deeply about what your partner is campaigning for. I love this one because it doesn't imply that you must love and agree with what matters to your partner. You need to appreciate it and show up for them and those are his uh that's these manual for creating an, an awesome marriage for those who are coupled choose even only one or two of these 12 behaviors to cultivate in this year ahead and i promise you you will see your intimate relationships transformed